Welcome to Please Bet All Football Games. Hello and welcome to week three of Please Bet On Football Games, The Call. I am your host, Alex, with the on-air talent, Joe. Joe, how are you today? I'm doing great. There's absolutely no bad news to talk about. Um, everything is wonderful. Nothing bad has ever happened. Let's make picks. Yeah, I, I don't really remember anything about betting foot betting on football games previous to when I woke up this morning, so I'm in a great mood. Yeah, the beauty of doing two separate pods in the week is that we don't have to talk about how fucking stupid we were last week or how unlucky. Yeah, we're, we're just going to move right through that. If you want to hear us in pain, go listen to yesterday. Yeah. But instead, we're going to talk about some picks this week. Try and get back on the right track. You want to start off on Thursday? Yeah, I guess we could talk about Thursday. Uh, I, this game doesn't excite me too much, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to play the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are minus four and a half. Yeah, this game kind of sucks. Uh, we learned our lesson last week. Just like, I think that there's actually value here on the Steelers and I don't care. I don't want to touch it. I agree with you. I think this is another case of two bad teams playing each other. With um, bad quarterbacks. Yeah, I think the the Browns are a more talented team, but the Steelers are better coached. So I don't know, I think this game will probably be a coin flip, which is why you're right. And I think there's value on the Steelers, but I I can't care to bet on this game. I don't want to bet on this game. I probably won't watch it. Yeah, same. I I will probably watch it exclusively to grade Mitch Trubisky, hand him a D or F, and then walk away. Yeah. I'll check in at the end to see if I need to go watch Browns fans implode on Twitter and Reddit again, but as one does, otherwise probably won't be uh, paying too much attention. Well, with that quick run through of Thursday, let's head to Sunday. First off, we have the Baltimore Ravens going to play the New England Patriots. Patriots are plus three. Is that a one o'clock game? Oh, yes. Well, we're starting off hot then because this is this is my best bet. Yeah, no, I love this bet. We're going right back to the fucking well. Absolutely. We're going back to betting on the Ravens and against the Patriots. Uh, I know that the Ravens have already started getting hit by the injury bug again. And last week was kind of a tough, tough collapse. But how the fuck is this a three point game? You know, what's funny is actually before the season started. So like three weeks ago, this was a pickup and the line has moved three points. I've actually heard people on uh, other podcasts that won more games last week, but lose many more games over the course of the last few years, uh, saying that there's value on the Patriots because this line should not have moved. Au contraire. The Patriots absolutely deserve to lose to the Steelers without TJ Watt. And now we've got a Ravens team coming in, motivated as all fuck, who, who beats up on bad teams. All right. Why would we not bet on the Ravens here? Like, what, what's going against us here? Yeah, that's a good thing, because I think we've been missing that a little bit of trying to come up with the ways that we'll get screwed over on our bets. Um, I mean, typically, the, the Patriots play the Ravens pretty well, but not even necessarily true with Lamar there. I don't know. Um, okay, so the Patriots want to be able to run the ball, right? Right. N- nobody runs the ball on Baltimore. It's just not possible. Nobody does it. Additionally, the Patriots have a very hard time throwing deep, right? Like the only time they've been able to throw deep is when Mac Jones punts it and somebody goes up and mosses somebody. But nobody's mossing Marcus Peters, awesome ball skills. Nobody's mossing Marlon Humphrey, constantly holding. Nobody's getting over the top of Marcus Williams. 
I don't see how the Patriots move the ball. Additionally, the Patriots have been stymied, like totally fucking stymied by the defenses of Pittsburgh without TJ Watt, okay at best, and Miami, not very good. Yeah, I mean, and we can even play the similar opponents game here. Uh, yeah. Yes, Baltimore lost to Miami, but they, they dominated. They, yeah, they fell apart. Like it was it was a bad backdoor like collapse. And they scored what 35 points against that defense? Uh I think well, seven of them were from the kickoff return. So let's call it 28. How many is the Patriots <laughs> zero or seven? It was one of the two. It was single, it was single digits. We can we can find the, the answers quickly. It doesn't even fucking matter. Additionally, Baltimore. Seven. So I got it. Additionally, it every week is a game of maybe Ronnie Stanley plays. And on the off chance he does play, I think that helps their running game a lot. Even if he doesn't play, we have status quo. So that's kind of a free roll right there. Yeah. So, okay. We're getting J- back J.K. Dobbins, it. too. They're going to get J.K. fucking Dobbins back, too. This is... I have three units on this, and I feel dumb. I should have five. If I didn't lose my ass last week, I'd have five units on this game. Do we think the Patriots... No, because the Patriots' defense is terrible. I'm trying to come up with stuff. Like, are they going to be able to bully a little bit on the lines? No. No. We've got They're... a great offense. Look, okay. The Patriots' defensive line, their best pieces are Dietrich Wise and Matt Judon, right? right? And then, like, Christian Barmore, if he ever puts it together. Judon almost exclusively lines up on right tackles. Morgan Moses is a perfectly fine starting right tackle. But next to him are Kevin Zeitler, still a very good guard, mm-hmm. and uh, Tyler Linderbaum, who is every bit as advertised at center. The Patriots don't have a fucking angle. There's nothing I mean, they can, not like... they not going to run with them on defense. Like, they're, no. they're not going to be able to keep up with the receivers. No. But again, we've been over this before, but it's Jalen Mills at cornerback one. Would you like to know his PFF grade? And I know PFF grades are not worth shit, but they can be somewhat indicative, especially in the PFF grade? 33. <sighs> and he's played the Steelers and Dolphins. I mean, admittedly, Dolphins, he's covering Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. But yes, however, it's against Tua. So he doesn't really have to worry about anything over the top. Fair. Yeah, no, I'm because I agree with you. I think we're on the same page that this is a slam dunk. We're 100% betting this. Even if it goes wrong, it probably will be because of some craziness. Like, I I cannot even fathom a reality where Dude, the, the, the this, Patriots yeah. come out and just are, like, running the ball up and down the field. The, the receivers are getting open everywhere. Lamar can't complete a pass. They're perfectly containing him. Like, I... I can't see that happening where the Patriots are even like kind of competitive in this game. Do you want to know why the line is this is I'll tell you why the line is this way, because this is all it boils down to right now. We are wasting a lot of time trying to figure out why the fuck this is so easy. One betting on football isn't that hard. We just had a bad week Two, most people see the Patriots as Bill Belichick. They see them as well-coached. They see them as they will win the turnover battle. They see them as good on special teams. The problem, to the extent that Bill Belichick was ever any of those things or created any of those things on his teams, John Harbaugh has always done it better. 
The Patriots typically gain a small edge on special teams. The Ravens get a huge one. Patriots are typically disciplined. They haven't been in the last year and a half, but they're typically disciplined. The, the Ravens are always disciplined. Additionally, everybody just watched the Ravens implode last week, and they're looking for reasons that that might be the rule rather than the exception. Everybody watched the Jets score a bunch of garbage time points on the Ravens in re week one and wondered, might this be the rule rather than the exception? Now, I think personally, it might be a really good idea to bet Baltimore first half because we have two consecutive weeks of them getting out to hot fucking starts and then imploding late. And that makes sense because they literally have two edge rushers on their roster and three cornerbacks worth a damn on their roster. So they are going to have fatigue issues. However, even at minus three full game, this bet is fucking gold. And I don't want to say anything more. Yep. I think that's the perfect way to end. Let's move on to the next game in the one o'clock hour. We have the Buffalo Bills going to play the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are plus six. We're, we're coming out of the gate hot. I like the Bills. It's a big number. Even at six. This is a square ass. This is a square ass play, but I think that this is sharp trap. Okay. I home. This is a caveat that should apply to all games across the board from this week and going forward. Home field advantage is back. After about two or three years of home field advantage not mattering, I don't know if it's because COVID is officially over and the fields, you know, the stadiums are full again and people feel uninhibited again. I don't know if it's just because I don't know what the fuck it is, but home field advantage matters again. It is bearing out in the data and it has been increasing. It has been increasingly apparent over the last about year now. It just keeps on getting more important. So that makes it seem really fucking crazy that I want to lay a big number on a very public team in the bills who I'm actually kind of low on relative to the market, at least away. However, Miami has got to be the single most overrated team in the NFL right now. I don't disagree. I think Miami is getting a ton of hype. They probably don't deserve because of, you know, what we talked about yesterday of everyone's going to think this is Tua's coming out party and use it as confirmation that, okay, he is good. And the rest of the team is really good. So if he's good, then the whole team's good. But I think people do that a little bit with the Bills, too. Now, I think the Bills totally. are pretty incredibly, like, are pretty incredible right now. It doesn't, it, it feels a little bit like when the Mahomes Chiefs kind of, like, popped onto the scene. You were like, oh, wow, they, they can't lose. Like, their offense is truly unstoppable. So I don't know how you beat them right now because it feels like anytime Josh Allen gets the ball, like they're going to find a way to score, but that feels like falling victim to the hype for them yeah. as well. So I don't know how much value we're actually getting because it's still at six. And I think both teams are pretty overrated. Well, the bills might not be overrated, but they're definitely getting an incredible amount of hype. Like they're far and away the best team. Two things. One, six is a big number. But is. Buffalo is the type of team that puts their foot on the throat and presses. They are not the kind of team that takes their foot off the gas pedal or the throat. Pick your metaphor. They like blowing teams out. They go, they push the game until they get to the point they can take Josh Allen out of the game and then they coast. They've done it two straight weeks. They will build up on their lead and build and build and build. They will not stop throwing throughout the game. They will not stop playing the hits. Now, the second thing is the Bills are overrated, in my opinion. Their offense can be stopped. It just so happens that they played a disaster of an L.A. team. And frankly, they got lucky to win by margin the way they did. That game was a lot closer than the final score. But Tennessee 
is a mess. T- Tennessee is Tennessee is a bad team. They have no discernible weapons. I I hate their sec their corners because Christian Fulton is hurt. So it's it's Caleb Farley who needs to play defensive end. And I'm not even joking. He would be a really good edge rusher. I'm not joking. He's six foot three. He's fast as fuck. He's very bendy. He's got a thin frame, but he could put on weight. He doesn't know how to change direction. He is terrible in space. He's got the ball skills of most frogs, but he would make a great edge rusher. Last time I said right this, it was Michael Parsons. Mike Vrabel. Yeah, Mike Vrabel. That's the other thing. He's got no dick. Even when they were down, they were still trying to run the ball with the corpse of Derrick Henry, who was never that good to begin with and certainly isn't now. Anyhow. We've seen Buffalo beat up on teams that are a little bit in disarray. We saw them beat the fuck out of Tennessee. So they might get fat and happy, right? Because everybody loves them and they're coming off big wins. Well, it's a rivalry game. And I didn't know this, but living in New York, I now know this. Apparently, Bills fans fucking hate Miami. Like They hate the Dolphins. I didn't know. Really? Oh, yeah. It's a very big rivalry. Like interdivisional, you never know. But I hadn't heard of that. Yeah, no, I hadn't either. But I've... I've got a couple of Bills fan co-workers and they're like, oh no, no, we fucking hate Miami. Like as much as the Patriots. Okay. I think right. it stems well, from the fact that juice. when when Miami was good in the 80s, 90s, Buffalo was good in the 80s, 90s. So it's probably just built up from that. That would make sense. Uh, whereas like the Patriots, like the Bills sucked when the Patriots were good. So it's yeah. not like they lost anything. Um, anyway, I also think that Miami is sneaky on defense, similar to the Titans. So the Titans defense is one incredible inside rusher and then one okay edge rusher in Bud Dupree and then guys. And then at corner, because Christian Fulton was hurt, it was a couple of athletes and a couple of really good safeties. I've I've pulled up the the PFF matchup page. Uh, Again, don't take the grades for gospel, but it's a really nice visual layout to see how everybody matches up. Listen, I'm going to I'm going to assume that uh, the two game sample size that has Cater Kohu out of Texas, Texas A&M Commerce, the rookie. I'm going to assume he's not the best cornerback in the NFL, despite what PFF says. Just a just a hey man, wild person guess. onto the scene. Those Commerce Lions, they they teach you how to cover. Man, I've never fucking heard of this dude, so I can't pretend I have scouted him, but I am assuming that Alabama would have offered him a transfer scholarship if he was truly going to be the best corner in the NFL as a rookie. Or even Uh, Texas A&M's main campus. (laughs) They wouldn't have had to look too far, would they? Uh, Meanwhile, is it time to talk about maybe Xavier Howard was just Trayvon Diggs? It's been two two years. It's been two years. And, you know, there is the argument of like, all right, he's he, he got that contract, what they they upped it or whatever. So he got yeah. more guaranteed money and everything. There had already been talks of he got his contract money and kind of started coasting. So maybe he's just kind of cashing his checks. What, even when Xavier Howard was at his peak, he was long corner who was not that fast and definitely not quick he is going to probably have to cover stefan Diggs, who is fast and quick yes if he's not i don't know who the fuck is you want to stick javon holland on him full time man to man have fun i'm gonna love my bills bet okay like, so going through that i don't disagree that the bills are going to be able to score pretty much at will again mm-hmm. but i think we should talk about the other side Because with six, we kind of have the same worry of what happened last week. Like the Bills, I know you have your your read that they get up on people and don't take their foot off the gas. 
but are we afraid of a backdoor where Tua and Tyreek and Waddle are going to complete three passes for 200 yards and three touchdowns again at the end of the game to screw us over? Because that's that's where I'm afraid. I agree with you. I think the Bills are better. Even if they're overrated, they're better value than the Dolphins right now. But six as an away team in Miami Heat with the You know what I'd like to do? Do you know what I really think we should do? I think an intelligent person would do is pretend that the second half of the Baltimore game literally never fucking happened because we have six quarters of proof that Miami is not good on offense. And yes, if you literally do not cover Jalen Waddle on a streak, if you literally do not cover him, it's a good chance he scores a touchdown. But that's not going to happen that often. Bills cover him. I would assume. quarters aren't great. The Bills' corners aren't are great. great. Their safeties are great, so you don't have to worry about them busting anything. And they play a really highly structured defense, whereas the Ravens are always trying shit. They're always getting messy. Like, even with the coordinator change, the Ravens still play some of the most complex defense in the NFL. The Bills do not. They play very structured, 4-3 based defense in the nickel. They almost always have the same personnel on the field. They are deep enough that they can rotate through their corners. They have four corners who deserve to play in the NFL because Kair Elam is still on the bench. And when he comes in, he's played fine. Um, I they, they play a lot of zones, so you don't have to worry about coverage busts as much because uh, it's not cover three. So you don't have to worry about are we carrying or are, like, is it quarters? Are we carrying or is it cover three? I'm passing. It's mostly cover two and cover four. It's either I play a small zone or I'm going deep. And Poyer and Hyde do not make mistakes. This Benford kid, this rookie that they have, he's not the best athlete, but he's really heady. The switches he makes in in zone are really good. Just watching against Tennessee, particularly. I have a lot of faith that Buffalo is going to be buttoned up on defense. And if you're buttoned up on defense, you could do something like, I don't know, uh, hold the Dolphins to seven points, even with shitty players, such as exactly what New England did. Yeah. And I mean, we we've talked about the opportunistic safeties and how much they can kind of screw Tua over. And And unlike, unlike the Ravens, Buffalo also has linebackers who are athletic and good enough in like, yeah, I hate Trey Edmonds, but he's a lot better than Patrick queen who doesn't belong playing in football. Uh, Matt Milano is sick and great in space. Are these guys going to run with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? No. But if these guys get, if those receivers get pushed into the center of the field, these linebackers can clean it up. And that's going to stop a lot of those slants from turning into 80 yard touchdowns. I just, I don't right. see how I'm, the fuck the Dolphins do it. Okay. I feel like we've talked about all the aspects of this game. We kind of just got to make a decision whether we go or don't. Well, I, I definitely, I'm totally cool with putting them on the maybe pile. Okay. I think we put them on maybe right now. I'm, I'm pretty much fine with using them, but figure we might as well run through everybody else before we lock it in. Here's the one thing, like the biggest, the turning point in my handicap is, do you think last week was Tua playing well? Do you think that that's like going to be anything close to what Tua is capable of going forward? Or do you think that Tua is going to continue being everything we've ever seen from him, which is terrible? Uh, I think it's going to be closer to the second one. I don't doubt that maybe McDaniel has helped simplify things for him and can help in, you know, the way he structured that offense. But I still don't think Tua is anything beyond a decent game manager. If Tua, so I've been like prohibitively gracious in my ratings because I don't know what to do with Mike McDaniel. If he's the second best offensive coach in the NFL, just behind Andy Reid, my algorithm makes this a four point game for the Bills. And I don't think that he is. And I don't see a difference between four and six. 
do you just want to put it in now? A little bit. We'll put it in at the All bottom. Right. We'll see if we knock it out. Yeah, it's it's a tentative go. All right. Well, let's move on to the next game in the one o'clock hour. We have the Cincinnati Bengals playing the New York Jets. The Jets are plus five. Oh, it's almost actionable. I kind of want to go with the Bengals. Yeah, even after we talked about like, ah, we'll be able to fade them in a little bit. But yeah, I think this is where they do their get right game. Joe Burrow's deleted all of his social media, so now he's locked in. Uh, all those mistakes are gone now. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> that was what the, the problem is. He was sitting in the pocket and he was supposed to be diagnosing pass rushes and reading coverages. But instead, he was thinking about his next dank tweet. Mm-hmm. And it really can throw you off. OK, this is my basic handicap on this game is simply well, it's twofold. Number one and foremost is wouldn't it just be so goddamn hype beast Bengals of them to go into New York and beat the piss out of the Jets who suck like the Jets coming off of an emotional win. You know, that was their Super Bowl. The Jets beating the Browns by a smidge. It took literally it took three consecutive miracles in the same two minutes of football for the Jets to win by one point against Jacoby Brissett. I don't think the Bengals are any good, but I think they're about as good as the Browns. And I don't think that the Jets will get three consecutive miracles in consecutive weeks. Uh, Additionally, I, I hate the Bengals. They suck. They deserve to beat the Cowboys. If there's justice in this world, they'll get some regression to the mean when it comes to luck and they'll end up beating bad teams. I don't know if there is any justice in this world, so I don't I don't want to <laughs> on that one too much. But I do agree with you that the Bengals are a much better team. Well, it's just this is storyline wise, doesn't it? What could be more Joe Burrow's Bengals than they're down on their luck? They're losing. He deletes social media. He says he he paraphrases Aaron Rodgers and tells the media to relax. And then he comes out and throws for 300 yards because Jamar Chase takes a screen to the house and they win 30 to 10 against the Jets. No, I mean, I, I think you're right. And that, that's probably the way this game does go. I think the Bengals, it's I already said it, it's their get right game. Exactly. They've, they've kind of played like shit the first two games, or at least had stretches of playing like shit that have led to them being 0-2. But they're not that bad. Like, they're they're a decent kind of middle-of-the-road team. And the Jets fucking suck, man. I, I know. I mean, it's hard to bet against PFF's QB3 Joe Flacco, but I think I might just have to. Uh, five is a funky number, and I'm very curious to see which direction that it goes. Let's see. Let's see how it's moved so far. Okay, so this opened at Bengals minus six and a half, and it's already down to five. And it looks like it might keep on coming down. Let's wait on this game's line and see where it goes. It's not going to get below three. But if it gets below four, I think that that's the strike rate range. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm I'm just not super excited to bet on this game, especially at a weird number. So unless totally. it does get to four or below that, I probably would, would want to stay away just because, who knows, maybe the Bengals are just complete dog shit and all of their luck from last year regresses or comes back on them now and they win five games <laughs> like that's fair all right well so we'll we'll put them on the maybe pile slash wait to see what the line does and move on to the next game next up we have the detroit lions going to play the minnesota vikings the vikings are minus six that's terrifying because it means that the correct thing to do the correct thing to do is to bet on the vikings like according to just like basic strategy playing the lines in the market the vikings are like the the sharp side 
are they at yeah. six? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Because the Lions are trendy as fuck right now. They just skunked the Redskins. Uh, the Vikings are currently trash. Kirk Cousins just did the Monday night thing. This game's at one o'clock, which means we're getting a premium value on Kirk Cousins. He will be the least drunk on communion wine that he ever is. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I the Vikings should win this game. I expect them to win this game. But the Lions never lose by more than three. I was about to say, covering Dan Campbell, they're going to run the shit out of the ball. I don't know. I'm probably just going to say stay away from this game. Yep. But if anything, I would probably lean Lions, which yeah, which is now Justin Jefferson will get three touchdowns. Because yeah, you're I'm, right in that people are low on the Vikings and high on the Lions. I'm probably falling prey to that a, a certain amount. The sheer fact that I'm even considering not betting this game shows that my true inclination is that the Lions are undervalued here. But yeah, no, this line is telling me I can't bet it. Like, yeah. uh, unless I love the cock and I do, I like the cock. I just, I don't want it right now. Yeah. I think this one's just a little too, a little too tricky right now. If we're going to have, we yeah. need to, we can, we can come back to it. But I think for now it's just a pass. I expect it's the Vikings right, yeah. win, but it should be a fun game. I think that'll actually be interesting to, to watch. I mean, I'd take the Vikings on a teaser. And I think, dude, if, if you want to put the bills and the Vikings or the, uh, Bengals in some teasers. I think you could do a lot dumber things. Yeah, you can definitely have some fun with the lines like they are. You get a lot of room to play around. But let's move on to the next game. We have the Houston Texans going to play the Chicago Bears. The Bears are minus two and a half. Do you have a take on this game? It's super uh, actionable. I mean, I, honestly, I, I lean Houston. I do too. But I don't want to bet on this game. <laughs> I don't either. It, it, it's just like kind of the Pittsburgh, New England, where you're like, all right, here's my read. And I'm like, I just don't want to bet on this. <laughs> you know what, though? You know what? It's a Lovey Smith revenge game. Does that exist? Every revenge game exists. Um, and Houston may be adding Tyler Johnson, who's probably their best receiver immediately. Eh, second best. And Davis Mills beats the shit out of Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields. So it's less scary I mean, than the Steelers bet. I, I agree with you, but I don't God want to bet on this game. Fucking damn it. Like, this is a game that I would throw a unit on just because why the fuck not if I hadn't just come off of a disaster week. Oh, I hate this. I think I think the Bears are really bad, man. They're terrible. They're so I mean, bad. Like, the Texans are also very bad, but they have, for some reason, they feel less bad to me. They're not that bad. Maybe it's just because I view Davis Mills as like having hope. Justin Fields is like purely trying to live up to what he cannot live up to. Davis Mills has a floor of being fine and a ceiling that is borderline uncapped, although extremely unprobable of him hitting it. Improbable. Yeah. Justin I, Fields. I Justin Fields' range of outcome is literally infinitely wide because he is the dumbest quarterback of all time, but he is one of the most physically talented quarterbacks of all time. He has a total inability to anticipate what is happening on a football field, it's but impressive. he is very fast and strong and can throw the ball very far. And even pretty accurately sometimes. Yeah. Oh, um, God. 
Oh, by the way, low-key, Equinemius St. Brown has been good. <laughs> I fucking told you. You know, he saw his brother start blowing up. It was like, you know what? I'm going to figure it out. God damn, different why? NFC North team. Why shouldn't we do this? Why shouldn't we just take the fucking Texans? Are we getting points with the Texans? Yeah, because oh we're in God. Chicago. Okay, so it's literally home field advantage, even teams. I don't think these teams are even. I don't either. And I think that the, the coaching is even. <laughs> it's just terrible. These teams are mirror images of each other. Like the Texans inexplicably have Jerry Hughes as their edge. And he's like old and pretty good. And then the Bears inexplicably have Robert Quinn as their edge, who's old and pretty good. And both teams have a young corner who's supposed to be their number one guy, Derek Stingley versus Jalen Johnson. Uh, both kind of suck everywhere else. Both have questionable offensive lines with a bright spot or two. Both have wide receiving cores that leave a lot to be desired. Both of, both of these teams have almost exactly the same head coach. Eberflus is just enthusiastic and white Lovey Smith. Like they run the same shitty vanilla defense and like to run the ball. This just feels uh. like an ultimate pick em game. Like ultimate coin flip. And I don't know if that's smart to bet on. Exactly. Why we got to pay the vig? If we didn't have to pay the vig, it would be. Oh, but we don't have to pay the vig if we take money line as much. If it's a true coin flip, even on the road, money line could be a play. Fuck my ass. It's a maybe pile. <laughs> it's a maybe pile. We are just putting everything in the maybe pile. We're populating the maybe pile. All right. Well, let's go to the next game. We have the Kansas City Chiefs going to play the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are plus seven. Mm-hmm. So the look ahead line on this game was three and I was really excited to bet on the chiefs minus three and that's gone. I told you it wasn't going to, you're taking me like, Oh man, it's three. And I was like, it's going to be a touchdown or more. Yeah. Way to go, Matt Ryan. You fucked it. That said, I think we need to, we need to pump our brakes a little bit on the Colts sucking uh, because I didn't realize until I watched that game back but not only did they enter the game without Alec Pierce, wide receiver two, they lost Pittman, their wide receiver one. Yeah, no, they were they could only run the ball, yeah. but couldn't run the ball. So I think Indy's a little undervalued. And I don't love what I've seen from Kansas City. Like, they're doing the Kansas City thing from last year. And this might just be who they are now, which is they'll win because they're just so fucking explosive. And when Patrick Mahomes plays well, they're unstoppable. But his good play is still not consistent enough. I mean, he had, what, four interceptable balls in week two? It's not good, but they're better. Yeah, I think that's that's the issue with Kansas City right now is they're obviously incredible on offense. But it is a little bit of the, the Mahomes turnover-worthy plays that we saw a lot last year that led to them not having as great of a year. And it didn't, you know, it didn't come back to bite them because the Chargers weren't catching the pickables. But maybe it's another another indicator that defenses have figured out Mahomes a little bit or a way to bait him into making bad throws. I don't think it matters that much yet, to be honest. I think even if he does have some bad throws and does have some pickable balls, their offense is so good, at least when they're playing not great teams, that it won't really matter for them. I do think, you know, the Colts are probably a little bit better than what we've seen. I mean, I talked about it last week of I think there's they might just be slow starters with Reich. I didn't think they'd be this slow of starters. This is this is not even they're not even starting. They're just no they're waiting because we had them around 10 for the team, like around the 10th best team in the league. Yeah. And they've been like a bottom eight team so far. 
Absolutely. <laughs> so I think like that, that will also even out, but I don't, I still don't think the Colts are good enough that they're going to be able to capitalize on every Mahomes mistake and really make this like a close game. I still yeah. feel like the chiefs will be able to kind of score at will. And yeah. the Colts offense does not give me any confidence that they're going to be able to score consistently at all. Yeah, I I honestly I don't even want to tease this game because I could see a world where the Colts put their shit together. But this is a teaser leg. It's not a drop dead one, but it's a teaser leg. Use it to anchor some things if you want. But it's not this is not even going on the maybe pile. Yeah, I don't think at that number it's not actionable because the Chiefs have been a little volatile and the Colts, we have no idea about them because on paper they're a good team, but in practice they've been dog shit. So yeah, just to stay away. Maybe use it as a leg leg, but probably just watch it on TV and don't worry about your money. Yeah, learn some things. But we will move on to the next game. We have the Las Vegas Raiders going to play the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are plus two. Also, we should be able to get... Okay, this this game is super fucking actionable. And I think I've... See, I'm, I'm troubled here because last week indicates we should bet on the Raiders. Week one, the Raiders were unlucky against the Chargers and it was a close game and they just couldn't pull it off. Week two, they got fucked because not only did the the Cardinals pull off a miracle comeback that should never have happened, but then in overtime, they didn't get the ball and they got a stop. After getting a stop, they got the ball into field goal range. And if Josh McDaniels just like pulled his head out of his ass and ran the ball up the gut twice and kicked a field goal, they're walking out of there with a win. So the, Ra- the Raiders are undervalued. But on the other hand, the Titans are going to be undervalued because they just got their asses fucked on national TV. Uh, it, I, I guess it's not as I bad. It's- my read on it, I think we should go Raiders. I think Because so. I agree the Titans are, like, people are really low on them, but I think it's because they're just a bad team. Like, we talked about this in the preseason uh, when we were looking at all, all of them. Of, I don't know why they're, like, as high as some people are talking about them because the defense is okay, a handful of players. And then the offense is bad. Like, it's straight up bad. They have no one that's going to be able to score. They don't have any receivers or running back. Yeah, Tannehill's not, like, he's just not that guy that he's going to be able to overcome not having playmakers. And they don't have the playmakers. I don't know. I think the Titans are bad. They have a bad coach. The roster has been whittled down. They lost their left tackle because Taylor Lewan's probably out for the year again. Damn, that sucks. That might be a career, too. But you know what? He's a really good podcaster. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, with his media career. He's a really good podcaster, and I'll honestly probably enjoy his podcasting more than I'll enjoy watching Mike Vrabel coach football games. So I win. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think Oakland needs to go on the list. Yeah. Uh, again, not that the Raiders have played seamless football and cars play well. It got better last week. Still worries me a little bit. I don't know how well he's like meshing into the McDaniels offense. It feels like maybe he's trying to think too much, but we'll see. Do you know who Dennis Daly is? I do not. He is a third-year offensive tackle out of South Carolina with a 14 pass blocking grade on PFF. He will be starting at left tackle across from Chandler Jones for the Titans. I think that's that that helps. Nicholas yeah. Petit Nicholas Petit Freer, who is a tackle prospect out of Ohio State, who I actually kind of like. Like I think he'll be a solid starter for his career. He's going against Max Crosby, so we've got a rookie against an elite pass rusher, and then a person who doesn't belong in the NFL versus. Chandler Jones, who is a second or third tier pass rusher. By the way, there are no weapons 
be it outside or inside on the entire Titans roster. No. And that's where I think that, you know, the Raiders typical Achilles heel, their shitty secondary doesn't really come into play that much here. No. And you know what? The Vrabel's, Titans you know, don't have anyone. You know what Vrabel's going to do too. He's going to come away from that blowout and be like, ah, we didn't, we didn't commit to the run early enough. We gotta, we gotta make sure. No, I'm not even joking. We're gonna have, he's gonna be like, ah, we gotta make sure that we get Derrick Henry his touches because he didn't, he only got like 13 carries last game. You're like, ah, right, if we get Derrick Henry to 20 touches, we win that game. We gotta make our mark on this football game. We're gonna run the so ball a bunch. They're gonna run it directly into a front that is going to dominate them. I like this bet. Mm, I like this bet. And then on the other side, you've got Devontae Adams probably going against Caleb Farley, sir. Sir, yeah, that's that's very good. Oh, I fucking love it. And then like, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think the more we've talked this through, I think, yeah, this is a this is a good bet. You look at this shit and like the the only thing that the Titans have on defense is Jeffrey Simmons, who's elite. Yeah, he is. He's he's fucking elite. But the only area of the Raiders offensive line that's any good is the middle of it. So, like, bye-bye Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, I think, like, it's Jeffrey Simmons. He's still going to have a handful of plays, and he's going to make his impact known. Totally. But he's not going to be, like, a game-wrecking force. Is it going to be before or after Darren Waller roasts Zach Cunningham and David Long? Yeah. Like, Is I, it going to be before that... or after Devontae Adams leaves Caleb Farley crying in his dust? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's our handicap here, is that the Raiders have very good playmakers on offense to go against a not great secondary, whereas the Titans have shit playmakers going against a not great secondary. It feels odd because since the inception of this call, which predates the inception of this podcast, we've always been high on the Titans because of their elite roster and underrated football, very good quarterback, but they no longer have an elite roster and the quarterback's fallen off. And for years, for literally years, we have been plagued by Mike Vrabel turning good teams into shit teams because he has no scrotum. And now we finally get to enjoy betting against it. And despite the fact that it feels weird and wrong because of habit, we have to take advantage of this opportunity. Raiders are the second for sure pick on our card. I agree. All right. Well, let's move on to the next game. We have the New Orleans Saints going to play the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are plus three. I fucking hate this because the Panthers are once again the right fucking side. <laughs> they're uh, all this means. So what is it? Plus three. So they're going to mm-hmm. lose by two. And it's it's how it's happened the first two games where they what they they miss covering by one or two points. So they're going to lose by four. You mean? Yeah. Sorry. You're good. It's this is fucking tough. Personally, I I think I am going to end up betting Panthers plus three for a unit because I know you will. <laughs> you How can you not? Because they're one of the worst coach teams in the league that finds ways to lose games. Like, yeah. I, I agree that Baker has been actually pretty solid for them. The They have solid playmakers. We like DJ Moore. We like Robbie Anderson's speed. C-Mac is obviously a stud. But that offense, like, the play calls are okay. They're not great. They're, they're not good. They don't really set them up for, like, to do there's anything. It's there's nothing just, easy. like, really base. Yeah. Yeah. And the O-line is bad. Baker doesn't have a lot of time to throw. The guys don't have time to get open. It feels panicked. I, you know, I don't know. I just think that that offense 
might be terrible. I think that the Panthers might actually be not only substantially better, but like drastically exponentially better if Ikki Aquanu got in a car crash tomorrow and died. If they would have just drafted Charles Cross instead of Vicky. If they would have lit their draft card on fire and took a shit on Roger Goodell's shoe, causing him to take away their first round draft pick so that they were forced to kick Brady Christensen. But I me- remember the preseason when I said Brady Christensen was actually pretty good. He just needed to like develop a little bit. Yeah, don't look now. PFF's got him as the sixth rated guard. Now, again, PFF has become worth less and less every year. But if they have him at six and I haven't noticed him fucking up, he must be okay, which means he could probably be serviceable at left tackle instead of left guard where he played last year, which means that he'd be infinitely better than Iki Aquanu, who sucks. He's the worst. He's the worst tackle in the NFL, at least in the last two years, probably the last five. That is that is a really, really big claim. Yeah. And I knew you were going to say that. Now, riddle me the fuck this. Name one left tackle who most plays literally doesn't block anybody. Like literally doesn't know who he's supposed to block and therefore doesn't even make an attempt. Greg Robinson. No, because Greg Robinson had one year where he was actually kind of okay. Yeah, one year out of how many seasons did he play? I can't find one snap where Iki Aquanu looks pretty okay. (laughs) Additionally, two games. You know what? That might be a fair point. You know who Iki Aquanu's comp is? Greg Robinson. Yep. (laughs) Somebody that everybody, they, the fucking, the way that draft Knicks described him is exactly the same. He's got a nasty streak. He's super athletic, terrible in pass blocking, but he'll get there. He has a lot of potential and he just needs to be taught, taught how to do it. He's an elite run blocker. And it turns out actually he's terrible at everything and doesn't know how to play football and shouldn't fuck. I don't want to bet this game. Yeah, uh, personally, and for the pod, I'm going to suggest we just don't touch this game. I do agree with you that the Panthers are probably the right side. I know they're the right side. Like but, the money is the the sharp money is all coming in on the Panthers. But Fuck. I don't know how we bet on them two weeks in a or three weeks in a row when they've lost both times. Counterpoint: How do they keep losing? They can't lose again. <laughs> I think they can. I watched the. Uh, 0-16 Browns and the 1-15 Browns and kind of had those same thoughts. Like, I mean, they got to win eventually, right? And then you're like, no, they really don't. They can just keep losing forever. And bad coaches are really good at making that happen. I mean, I I, I will admit that I'm going to be upset when they win, when the Panthers outright. win this week. <laughs> and Baker balls the fuck out and throws for 300 yards and they win outright and we didn't bet them. I don't know if Baker's going to throw for 300 yards. Simply because I don't know if that offense is designed to let him i know he's going to ball out this is going to be transcendent just fucking watch do i do i have logic behind that no but i know how this world fucks me the second i get off something alex's dog is agreeing with me that the second that we get off the panthers they're going to fucking explode and they'll never do it again no but this it'll be it'll be because we're gonna every time we bet on them is when they'll be the Panthers that everyone thinks they are. And then the weeks we go, okay, we got to stop betting on the Panthers are when they are the Panthers we think they are. All right, let's put it on the maybe pile because we're probably not going to bet it. But if we can't find three more picks, we might have to by default. All right. Well, let's move on to the final game of the one o'clock hour. We have the Philadelphia Eagles going to play the Washington Commanders. The Commanders are plus six and a half. I hope you guys heard that. That was literally me banging my head on the fucking counter because I don't know how to handle these Eagles. Um, I, I, they got me zigging and zagging. And this is another game where the fucking... Okay, who in their right mind wants to bet on the Redskins here? Nobody. 
So the mere fact that this no. line isn't 10 tells you that the right thing to do is to bet on Washington. But I don't want to. No, I agree with you. I mean, you're because all the hype is on the Eagles right now. Jalen Hurts just had the best game of his professional career. They looked incredible on primetime TV. And now they get to go play the commanders who are not a good team. But you know what? So like they're they're who people are on right now. But I don't think you can bet on the commanders right now. That defense is so fucking bad. Yeah, no. And, and it's particularly bad in the secondary. Like all the things we just saw the Eagles do to the Vikings, they're going to do again worse against the commanders because the commanders are the same general kind of defense with the same deficiencies in the secondary, except they don't have competent safety play to clean things up and they run an even more vanilla version of the same thing because jack del rio has let the game pass him by too busy paying attention to january 6th stuff yeah i was gonna say it would be really helpful if his defense could create a dust up on any given play but they can't it's it's bad it's really bad it's it's terrible talent and it's poor scheme and i don't i don't want to bet on philly here but it's failure pass Yeah, no, I agree with you. I don't think you can bet on Washington. I don't think it's smart to bet on Philly because you're getting terrible value on them right now. Like it theoretically, they could go higher. You know, people could get buy more Philly stock, but not much. There's another a lot of people are already talking about them as a top five team. Like they're they're a Super Bowl contender. So you're getting probably the worst value you could. Here's a couple of ideas. If you really want to bet on Philly, you might consider doing it in the first half because Nick Sirianni is incredible on script. Script happens primarily in the first half. Additionally, you will probably get Philly minus three in the first half, which is lit. Um, Issue I have that makes me want to bet Philly, which would be square, is that while this game is in Ral John, Maryland, I have it on very good word from people from DMV that notoriously, especially when the commanders slash Redskins are bad, when the Eagles come to town, it is an entirely Eagles oriented crowd. That does not surprise me. I mean, they're they're not far from each other. They're not far from each other. Eagles fans are rabid. They've never been more rabid than they currently are because they think they've got a winner and they might not be wrong. And why the fuck would you want to go see the Redskins play when they just lost to the Lions and they're playing the juggernaut Eagles, who are their rival? I mean, it's going to be depressing if you're a Washington yeah, and, patron. I mean, and, and Washington fans have already been beaten into submission with Dan Snyder that I don't think they're the most like bought in fan base right now. So no home field advantage whatsoever, a matchup advantage on offense. Oh, the Redskins have a terrible offensive line and the Eagles theoretically have a good defensive line. It's overrated a lot, but it's okay. Fuck man. We can't, we can't take another large road favorite that we think is overrated. We can do that once yeah. a week. Yeah, I, I think this one goes on to the uh, tease them, but probably not actionable at six and a half. If you got them an opening where they were like minus four or whatever, yeah, that's that's awesome. But right now, too much money has come in. Yeah, that four, they hung that before Monday Night Football. So I actually looked at it, but I didn't pull the trigger. I thought it they were going to lose. It would have been bold to pull the trigger before they played the Vikings. I thought they were going to lose and it'd go down to three, but I got, I was wrong. Oh boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I'd say we did that a lot last week. Be wrong. Two. 
All right. And then next we can move to the four o'clock hour. First up, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars going to play the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are minus seven. And Justin Herbert is day to day. And he is the entire calculus because that team is so fucking ass backwards. What do you mean? The way that they run their offense and the way that they run their defense. We've been over Brandon Staley and, and my contempt for him. But basically, it just boils down to if Justin Herbert doesn't play, Jaguars plus seven is a free bet. Like you, they're just giving you money. If he plays and he's hurt and not as good, it's a good bet. If Justin Herbert plays and is at full strength, it's not a bad bet. So we totally should take the Jaguars plus seven. But I don't want to. Yeah, this is this is one of those where everything you just laid out makes sense. I largely agree with it that Herbert's almost definitely going to be in pain if, if he plays. And he's not going to be the same Justin Herbert. They're probably going to take away like any of the aggressive throws and try and make sure he doesn't get hit. So that offense is going to be incredibly conservative. Yeah. But the Jags, do we really want to bet on the Doug Peterson-led Jags? Not really. I graded like, Trevor Lawrence's game in week two because everybody was like, he's done it. He's been activated. Trevor Lawrence is back. And I gave it a C plus. Like, so he had, let's count, a total of 32 aimed passes, 24 of which were pedestrian. So his, his cheap play rate was 73.5%. That is an incredibly high cheap play rate. I've never seen one that high. Uh, additionally, so he only missed four passes. That's 87 and a half completion or accuracy percentage. Incredible. Two of them were dropped picks. So let's pump the brakes on Trevor Lawrence has arrived because against a bad Indianapolis defense that was missing its best player, he was okay. It'll be a little different against the Chargers. What with a path pass rush and good corners, but oh fuck. I, I think this is deserving of at least the maybe pile just just because of the fucking chance of a free roll yeah i think uh, put it in the maybe pile the thing i would be concerned about is hell the chargers defense might score a touchdown maybe they did drop four interceptions last week so they're due to hang on to one man seven points is just a lot of points to be laying with a team that may or may not have a quarterback and definitely has bad coaching and i'm kind of high on what the jaguars have been doing I mean, they've kind of been what we thought they would be. Like, they still don't have a ton of talent, but they're at least, like, disciplined and they know what routes they're running. And it seems like there's a plan that they're adhering to. They've got a few good pieces on the offensive line. Christian Kirk is good. Like, oh, you know what? That might have been a fuck you pay me. I mean, it's not significant enough to rise to the degree of fuck you pay me. But remember last year when I was tweeting, like, get Christian Kirk a real fucking quarterback because Kyler Murray is wasting him. And then Christian Kirk's mother liked that tweet. Uh, I was right. Suck it. Um, <laughs> I I do think that's one of your more fun Twitter stories. It's a Christian Kirk's mom, like the tweet about getting him out, getting him out of Arizona. Now he's flourishing. <sighs> It's just too early for the Jaguars and they beat up on a, a, a totally inept and just devastated by injury Indianapolis team. And I think people are going to overreact to that a little bit. Seven points is a lot. It's a lot. Here's okay. I'll tell you what, if it seems like Justin Herbert is not going to be playing or is going to be significantly hampered by Sunday, then we'll probably play the Jaguars plus seven in the contest. And if we can if we can beat a line move with that information, we'll probably bet it in real life. 
but as it stands, I don't really want any part of this. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Like, you think you're right on the play, and the Chargers are a little overrated, especially if they have a really banged up Justin Herbert. But I just don't think we can bet on the Jags at this point. Just, just well, a lot of sharp people are starting to get high on them, and I'm, I'm inclined to be a part of that group. I just want to see more. Yeah, I think this number is about to move too. Really? Yeah, because on here Jags are plus seven, but it's minus one fifteen odds. So it's gonna come down. Fuck. Yeah. Let's see what the money's doing. Give me one sec. Most of the bets are still coming in on the Chargers. I don't know. I really don't know. Most of the bets and most of the money. So the big bets too. I I don't know. What are the maybe pile? We'll come back. Maybe to pile. Or maybe pile is thick. It's big, and, and it's mostly because I'm a bitch, and I don't like that, but it is what it is. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. All right. Well, next up in the 4 o'clock hour, we have the Atlanta Falcons going to play the Seattle Seahawks. It is a pick em. Um, I want to do it. I, I want to bet on Atlanta. I know you do. Actually, I, I don't hate that bet. I mean, I worry that DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, is Lockett playing? You know, I hadn't considered that he might not. Give me a moment. He's concussed, isn't he? Did he just get chucked out for one? It looks like he's going to be playing. Okay. That's what I thought. But figured we'd be a little silly if then he's on the inactive list. Uh, Lockett and DK should be able to absolutely murder the uh, secondary for the Falcons. But again, you got Geno throwing. And Gino, after the the very high high of week one, did not have a great week last week. I know you're not talking months. shit about. I know you're not talking shit about PFF quarterback six. They really, I, I think they just throw darts at a board. Yeah, it, I, it's just so tied to completion percentage. It's crazy. But so I think the the Seahawks should be able to do whatever they want throwing against those corners or that secondary with DK and Lockett. Dude. But I don't know if they'll actually be able to. And I like Atlanta's offense in this matchup. Atlanta's defense. Okay. It's not even the corners because AJ Terrell is awesome. And Casey Hayward hasn't looked cooked. Like he's looked fine. The corners haven't played great. They haven't been great. Secondary has. Well, the bigger issue is just the fucking the slot and safeties are so bad, and uh, and they have no pass rush. They have no pass rush. So pass rush doesn't matter against the Seahawks because they're going to try to get the ball out quick. Safeties don't matter as much because they're not trying to go deep. You think they might try and go deep knowing they have shitty safeties and the Seahawks have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett? I don't. And you want to know why? Grady Jarrett is going to go up against probably the worst interior offensive line in the NFL. Like they're starting Damian Lewis at left guard is and Austin, Austin Blythe. Blythe? Oh, that is Austin Blythe. And he's been bad. Um, so I don't think they'll try to go deep, not only because it doesn't fit their scheme, but because I don't think they can stop Grady Jarrett for that long. I just don't know if I can count purely on Grady Jarrett to limit the Seahawks offense that they're not going to be able to throw downfield at all. Well, it, they don't want to throw down the field. You would, if, if they were going to throw down field, they would have thrown down field last week against the fucking 49ers who crowd the box and have weak coverage safeties. Like that heart, that Huafanga guy that the 49ers have. He's uh, apparently he's played really, really well. I, I, I will be honest. I haven't watched too much of his film, but apparently he's played really, really well in the box tackling. Apparently he's a linebacker and a really good one, but he plays safety for them. So if you're not going to throw deep on him, who are you going to throw deep on? Also, remember when I said that like low key, 
I think that the Falcons offensive line could be kind of good or kind of solid. Yeah. Well, the second Lindstrom brother, fuck, I forget which one's Alec and which one's Chris. Okay. Yes. This one's Chris. Chris Lindstrom has been legitimately good. And then Jake Matthews has continued to just be solid. Caleb McGarry has been solid. The interior is not as good, but one could argue that the Seahawks have the worst defensive line in the NFL. Yeah, their whole defense is pretty bad. Them, like, them if, and the Falcons are really, really battle for terrible or the worst defense, at least talent. So how about we say that at the worst, uh, being as pessimistic as possible about the Falcons, their defense is a wash with the Seahawks defense, right? Yeah, I think that that's fair to say. Who's got the better quarterback, Geno Smith or Marcus Mariota? I don't think it's fucking close. Yeah, I think Mariota's better. Now, this is where I think we're going to get a lot of advantage, and it's kind of strange for me because typically I don't pay any attention to this area of the game. But the Falcons are really good at running the ball. They have good running backs and great scheme. Dude, this I I was wrong because I thought the Seahawks would be able to stop the run if they really like focused on it against the 49ers who couldn't pass with Trey Lance. Okay, you know the 49ers cannot pass, so they have to run and they like to run anyway. So you figured you would be like geared up to stop the run. And it's Pete Carroll. He's old school, right? Like, come on, they're going to stop the run. Dude, they couldn't fucking stop the run at all. They were getting gashed. Maybe the loss of Jamal Adams hurts more than I thought. Maybe they just, you know, maybe having a really bad defensive line hurts your ability to stop the run. But for whatever reason, they cannot do it. And the Falcons are going to run all over them. And when they don't, they've got a really good quarterback. Yeah. And Drake London has hit the ground running. The man is not hurt for once and he looks great. People forget, aside from injuries, he was wide receiver too. I gave Alec Pierce the nod over him simply because I knew Alec Pierce would play. Irony, Alec Pierce has been hurt so far all this season. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I I think at Pick'em, I'm I'm cool with going Falcons. Is it down to Pick'em? Yeah. Oh, dude, because when I made this bet, it was uh, Falcons plus two. Oh, shit. I got a money line. Yeah, no, we're doing Falcons. It's a, this is yeah, bad. I mean, like, I am I am worried that the that the two superstar wide receivers for the Seahawks could create some problems, but we just need to win. And I think it'll be pretty even and it might come down to, you know, like last play type deal. And in that situation, I trust Mariota more than I trust Gino. And I trust Dean Pease. <laughs> the homie Dean Pease, man. <laughs> um, I mean, hell, I even trust Arthur Smith more than I trust Pete Carroll at this point. Oh God, yeah, dude. I don't hate Arthur Smith now that he's got Mariota. I didn't like what he was doing with Matt Ryan, but now that he's got Mariota, he's fucking wheeling and dealing back there. Yeah. All right. So we add that one. We got it. We got a, We got three bets now. We got Baltimore best bet. We're doing Oakland and we're doing Atlanta. It's real fucking grimy this week. <laughs> it always is, man. All right. Next up, we have the. Um, I want to do it. I, I want to bet on Atlanta. I know you do. Actually, I, I don't hate that bet. I mean, I worry that DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett is Lockett playing. You know, I hadn't considered that he might not. Give me a moment. He's concussed, isn't he? Or did he just get chalked out for one hour? It looks like he's going to be playing. Okay. That's what I thought. But figured we'd be a little silly if then he's on the inactive list. Uh, Lockett and DK should be able to absolutely murder the uh, secondary for the Falcons. But again, you got Geno throwing and Geno after the the very high high of week one did not have a great week last week. I know you're not talking shit about I know you're not talking shit about PFF quarterback six. They really I I think they just throw darts at a board. Yeah, it's just so tied to completion percentage. It's crazy. But so I think the, the Seahawks should be able to do whatever they want 
throwing against those corners or that secondary with DK and Lockett. Dude. But I don't know if they'll actually be able to. And I like Atlanta's offense in this matchup. Atlanta's defense. Okay. It's not even the corners because AJ Terrell is awesome. And Casey Hayward hasn't looked cooked. Like he's looked fine. The corners haven't played great. They haven't been great. Secondary has. Well, the bigger issue is just the fucking the slot and safeties are so bad, and uh, and they have no pass rush. They have no pass rush. So pass rush doesn't matter against the Seahawks because they're going to try to get the ball out quick. Safeties don't matter as much because they're not trying to go deep. You think they might try and go deep knowing they have shitty safeties and the Seahawks have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett? I don't. And you want to know why? Grady Jarrett is going to go up against probably the worst interior offensive line in the NFL. Like they're starting Damian Lewis at left guard. Is and Austin, Austin Blythe. Blythe? Oh, that is Austin you. Blythe. And he's been bad. Um, so I don't think they'll try to go deep, not only because it doesn't fit their scheme, but because I don't think they can stop Grady Jarrett for that long. I just don't know if I can count purely on Grady Jarrett to limit the Seahawks offense that they're not going to be able to throw downfield at all. Well, it, they don't want to throw down the field. You would, if, if they were going to throw down field, they would have thrown down field last week against the fucking 49ers who crowd the box and have weak coverage safeties. Like that heart, that Huafanga guy that the 49ers have. He's uh, apparently he's played really, really well. I, I, I will be honest. I haven't watched too much of his film, but apparently he's played really, really well in the box tackling. Apparently he's a linebacker and a really good one, but he plays safety for them. So if you're not going to throw deep on him, who are you going to throw deep on? Also, remember when I said that like low key, I think that the Falcons offensive line could be kind of good. They're kind of solid. Yeah. Well, the second Lindstrom brother, fuck, I forget which one's Alec and which one's Chris. Okay, yes, this one's Chris. Chris Lindstrom has been legitimately good. And then Jake Matthews has continued to just be solid. Caleb McGarry has been solid. The interior is not as good, but one could argue that the Seahawks have the worst defensive line in the NFL. Yeah, their whole defense is pretty bad. Them, like, them and the Falcons are really, really battle for terrible or the worst defense, at least talent. So... How about we say that at the worst, uh, being as pessimistic as possible about the Falcons, their defense is a wash with the Seahawks defense, right? Yeah, I think that that's fair to say. Who's got the better quarterback, Geno Smith or Marcus Mariota? I don't think it's fucking close. Yeah, I think Mariota's better. Now, this is where I think we're going to get a lot of advantage, and it's kind of strange for me because typically I don't pay any attention to this area of the game, but the Falcons are really good at running the ball. They have good running backs and great scheme. Dude, this I I was wrong because I thought the Seahawks would be able to stop the run if they really like focused on it against the 49ers who couldn't pass with Trey Lance. Okay, you know the 49ers cannot pass, so they have to run and they like to run anyway. So you figured you would be like geared up to stop the run. And it's Pete Carroll. He's old school, right? Like, come on, they're going to stop the run. Dude, they couldn't fucking stop the run at all. They were getting gashed. Maybe the loss of Jamal Adams hurts more than I thought. Maybe they just, you know, maybe having a really bad defensive line hurts your ability to stop the run. But for whatever reason, they cannot do it. And the Falcons are going to run all over them. And when they don't, they've got a really good quarterback. Yeah. And Drake London has hit the ground running. The man is not hurt for once and he looks great. People forget, aside from injuries, he was wide receiver too. I gave Alec Pierce the nod over him simply because I knew Alec Pierce would play. Irony, Alec Pierce has been hurt so far all this season. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I I think at Pick'em, I'm I'm cool with going Falcons. Is it down to Pick'em? Yeah. Oh, dude, because when I made this bet, it was uh, Falcons plus two. 
No shit. I got a money line. Yeah, no, we're doing Falcons. This is this is yeah. Bad. I mean, like, I am I am worried that the that the two superstar wide receivers for the Seahawks could create some problems, but we just need to win. And I think it'll be pretty even and it might come down to, you know, like last play type deal. And in that situation, I trust Mariota more than I trust Gino. And I trust Dean Pease. <laughs> the homie Dean Pease, man. <laughs> um, I mean, hell, I even trust Arthur Smith more than I trust Pete Carroll at this point. Oh God, yeah, dude. I don't hate Arthur Smith now that he's got Mariota. I didn't like what he was doing with Matt Ryan, but now that he's got Mariota, he's fucking wheeling and dealing back there. Yeah. All right. So we add that one. We got it. We got a, We got three bets now. We got Baltimore best bet. We're doing Oakland and we're doing Atlanta. It's real fucking grimy this week. <laughs> it always is, man. All right. Next up, we have the. We teed up at the same time. All right. For our final game in the four o'clock hour, we have the Los Angeles Rams going to play the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are plus three and a half. This feels like a go back to the well bet because I feel like one of my favorite bets to do all the time every year is L.A. over Arizona. I do it all the fucking time. Don't they have some weird stat where the Rams always lose in Arizona or something like that, though? I hadn't heard of this. I, I, I'm. This is not fact. I just feel like there's something that I heard about when the Rams and the Cardinals played last year about McVay not being able to beat Cliff in Arizona. Something like I don't know. Let me see. I, I actually had it backwards. Um, McVay absolutely owns the Cardinals. Last year he lost in Arizona. It was the first time he had lost to the Cardinals since coaching them. So, so you're telling me it's a revenge spot. <laughs> everything's a re- revenge spot, always. Yeah, there's always a revenge angle. Um, Aaron Donald's just okay this year. He's PFF's third-ranked defensive tackle over the hill. What a bum, hitting that, hitting that downgrade. But he does really well against Kyler Murray to just keep Kyler in check because Kyler is best as a runner when he just steps right through the center of the line uh, and just dips in through those holes. And when you have Aaron Donald, the sheer amount of space it takes up to double team him kind of clogs the entire middle all by itself. And Greg Gaines is also a really good space eater as their nose guard. Uh, Dude, they just signed Tack McKinley today. Did they really? Yeah. And he sucks, but he's so much better than Justin Hollins. Like, like Tack McKinley does one thing. He runs fast in a straight line. It's all he does. Yes. But that is so much more helpful than Justin Hollins, like generally existing on a football field and calling that play. Yeah. I mean, it, watching Tack last year, I don't think he's an every down player, but he does flash. He's quick. Yeah. He's, he's got really good get off and really good speed. He has no bend. He has no moves. He has an inconsistent motor. He's kind of a piece of shit, but he can run fastly. Yeah, that'd be um, big. I doubt it. he's not going to play for a bit, though. Isn't he still rehabbing? Didn't he tear his Achilles last year? Oh, they signed him to the active roster. Oh, they did. No shit. Yeah, they didn't even do the practice squad bullshit. Um, remember my homie, uh, Byron Scott, aka Nick Scott. Yes. Fifth rank safety per PFF. Now I'm going to use that exactly when it serves me and make fun <laughs> of it every time it doesn't. <laughs> By the way, Kyler Murray QB four. So. We know for a fact they don't know what the fuck quarterbacks are, but maybe they know defensive backs. I don't think so. I know. I always thought that they really knew offensive linemen well, and then they gave, uh, what's his name, Pat Elfine, like the highest marks at center in week one when he had three bad snaps. <laughs> like, 
guys, what are you fucking doing? Do snaps not matter? It's a turnover. Yeah. Like, I don't care how many, how many pass block sets you did well on. If you fumbled thrice, you don't get a great grade. Yeah. So, um, this is also a game where I think that Jalen Ramsey will get some reprieve because they're going to have to have him shadow AJ green. If only for the, because of the fact that he can't run with Hollywood Brown mm-hmm. and Jalen Ramsey sucks, but AJ green's not torching anybody in this day and age. So David long jr. Is actually a kind of a better matchup for Hollywood Brown makes Jalen Ramsey look good on AJ green. He'll go get them jump balls. Got really good safeties over the top to take away deep shots. Got really, really good linebackers who are Bobby Wagner is still kind of athletic and Ernest Jones is very athletic. So they can kind of spy Kyler. I like the matchup. The Rams like Achilles heel on defense, aside from Jalen Ramsey sucking dicks for money uh, down on. hmm, Let's see, which street does he use? We'll say that he's doing it out on the freeway out on Lincoln highway one. Uh, Number one. Yeah. My old apartment. In Venice, you just go right down Lincoln, it turns into the one, you shoot that bitch down to Compton, and you're right at SoFi. Did you minutes. put him on the one because then he would be in your neighborhood? You, you go out there and say hi to him? Well, no, I was just thinking, like, what's what's the midpoint between me and Jalen Ramsey's house, which is clearly the football field? It's the one. Anyway, uh, Jalen Ramsey sucks. But that's not what we're talking about. We were talking about how the Rams, like Achilles heel on defense, is they just cannot rush the passer at all, right? Because they're relying on a 30-year-old Leonard Floyd to, like, be their guy, and he's terrible. He's just a different Mm -hmm. version of Tack McKinley, like a less fast, more strong version. And uh, happy news for the Rams. You don't actually want to rush Kyler Murray that much because that makes him operate out of scheme, and out of scheme is kind of when he's better. So I like the matchup. I think it favors us, and we get the better team. How worried are you about the Rams offense? I'm not because they really moved the ball at will last week against Atlanta and it was a get right game. Um, I know that moving the ball against Atlanta is not like a huge deal. Right. But they moved the ball in ways that were encouraging. They got the ball to Allen Robinson. Finally, I did. They opened, I was encouraged by that. They opened up the run game a tiny bit. Um, their offensive line looked better, although I guess that's just what's going to happen when you play the fucking Falcons, right? Yeah. Granted, I don't think Arizona's defense is really all that much better than the Falcons. It's better. It's what, are better. You ta- what are you talking about? Dennis Gardick is PFF's fifth-ranked edge in the entire NFL. Would you like to know why? Because he has a 94 coverage grade on, like, five snaps. And somehow that makes up for the fact that he's got a 66 run defense grade and a 63 pass rush grade. Good job, PFF. Your algorithms are working. But like their defense isn't isn't anything no. special. No, I mean, it's fucking JJ actively Watt's still bad out there being being solid. JJ Watt is washed. I think he can still anchor a little bit, but yeah, no, he's not. He's not doing much of anything. Um, I mean, Buda Baker is solid. He's okay. I still like uh, uh, Simmons and to a certain extent, uh, who is the guy they took last year? Xavier Collins. It wasn't Jamin Davis. He went to Washington. Yeah, him. Um, I mean, he got picked way too early, but he's still a solid player that can get all over the field. They have some speed, but yeah, this is a bad defense. Yeah, <sighs> I don't. Is Trayvon Mullen actually going to play? That's actually let's look into that because if he's going to play this week, that could be some reprieve that Arizona desperately needs, but yeah, they have really no defensive line 
Like they're trotting out Zach Allen, who is just your classic try-hard Boston College kid. Like shout out my fellow alumni, but it's you're not it. And JJ Watt's still scrapping by, but they have Marcus Golden and that aforementioned Dennis Gardeck on the edges, and that's not good. I think that's. To the extent that the offensive line has been an issue for the Rams, I don't think that this game is going to be one where it flashes. Any news on Trayvon Mullen? You're good. Um, So Stafford's going to have time. Stafford rounded into form a lot against Atlanta. He looked really good. He had two really, really stupid, bad pickables. But, uh, you know, sometimes you just get those with Stafford and you got to just kind of brush him off because he sure as fuck will. I don't like this secondary. I don't think that Byron Murphy can hang with Cooper Cup in the slot. (sighs) My only question is if we want to lay four. Um, I feel pretty okay about laying four. I don't love it, but I think the Rams are better by a decent chunk. They've historically beat up on the Cardinals. Um, Also on the Trayvon Mullen front, he practiced fully today. He's been practicing this whole week. So I feel like that lends to him being, uh, to him playing. He's been a full participant. Okay. So he might make his, uh, his Cardinals debut. God, it would be, I mean, he's in a prime fucking spot to bust a couple coverages joining the team two weeks ago when they do play zones a lot. Anyhow, you're not making a bet because the cornerback might blow a zone. Uh, here's something that gives me pause. There's a lot of sharp money coming in on Arizona. And this line has already moved down to three and a half. And it's looking like it's going to move down to three. I don't want to take this game in the contest at three and a half. If it goes to three in real life, because that's just a slap in the fucking dick. Yeah. But if it does go down to three in real life, you better bet your sweet ass. I'm taking it. Yes. Okay. So final verdict is we hold off on it right now, but we monitor. You got to monitor it. Okay. For those of you who are going to try to tail our bets, and I'm assuming there are not many of you left after last week. (laughs) Wait until this thing hits three. It's at three and a half right now. If it moves to three, you've made yourself a lot of fucking value. If it moves to four, you've lost nothing. So you have asymmetric risk. Wait, get this fucker at three if you can. If you can't, if you're forced to pick it at three and a half, I take it. This will probably be a contest pick. I just don't want to commit to it if the line might move. All right. I think that leaves us in a decent enough spot. Let's move on to Sunday night. Wait, before we move on to Sunday night, why are we wrong? Why might Arizona fucking do this? Um, Because Arizona is kind of just the, at least on offense, they're the lightweight version of the Bills, and the Bills absolutely fucked them. Yeah, they're the chaos merchants. Here's my thing. Arizona's entire team has to be fucking exhausted. I, I think so, but I don't know how much of an effect that has this early in the year. Because we did this True. with the, the Ravens last year, and it did hit them, but not till like halfway through the year. And that, True. and they had like, you know, every game was like an overtime game for them in the first few weeks. So I don't know how much that plays in for the Cardinals yet. That's a very good point. Okay. Yeah. I mean, dude, we have seven quarters of the Cardinals being an actively bad football team. We have one quarter of fluky bullshit, and then we have overtime where they couldn't move the ball lost it on downs. They couldn't stop the Raiders at all. And they got a lucky fucking fumble recovery for touchdown to win the game. You couldn't have a fucking flukier result. And everybody's talking about the Cardinals and Kyler Murray like he's fucking God. PFF has him rated as the fourth quarterback. Meanwhile, shitting on the Rams is in vogue. Yeah, no, we take the fucking Rams. Fuck the Sharps. They're wrong. All right. Woo. Rams. No, my God, that's so square. Bet on the <laughs> Super Bowl champions on the road laying three and a half against the Sharps. Oh, my God, that's square. 
sometimes it's hip to be square. What the internal battle you're having right now is enjoyable to watch. I've picked my hair into an afro. I was about to say your hair has gotten considerably taller. All right. All right. So where are we ending? They're going to be our fifth pick right now, and we might bump them, and we'll fucking see, won't we? Okay. Well, then, let's move on. And on to Sunday night. We have the San Francisco 49ers going to play the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are plus one and a half. Uh, apropos of nothing, you want to know a fun little fact about this game? It so. opened It opened allegedly at 49ers plus three, and it's all the way down to minus one and a half. This is a combination of Jimmy G being significantly better than Trey Lance, correct, and the Broncos being not good, also correct. I think it's going to keep moving, too. Yeah. It's about to move to a plus two for the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, you. we talked about it earlier in the week of we probably want to start gassing the 49ers now that Jimmy G's back, but it seems like everybody else had that thought. <laughs> I don't give a points. fuck. I don't give a fuck. One, laying one point, fine. It's going to be two. We got roughly equal. I don't give a fuck. One point, two points is the same shit. We've got extremely similar quarterbacks. Yeah, and the 49ers know how to play for us. They've done it a billion times. On one hand, we have Nathaniel Hackett, uh, lover of easy run plays, hater of making any decisions regarding game strategy. Field goals befuddle this man like nothing else. On the other hand, we've got Kyle fucking Shanahan and maybe George Kittle. When, maybe, when the- maybe Shanahan's, uh, his, his true genius is gone. McDaniel left, man. Yeah, I'm going to guess no. Uh, I don't think so either. Also noteworthy that when the 49ers last year had both Kittle and Debo at the same time, I don't think they lost. Their offense was markedly better. Yeah, because they can just beat the shit out of you from sideline to sideline. Yeah, and you put Debo in the backfield, but you still have somebody to throw the ball to in Kittle, who's a monster in the blocking game, like an extra offensive tackle out there, getting Debo space. And then after you've bloodied up the fucking front seven of the opponent, you do a little hard play action fake and Kittle slips up the seam the same way he would if he was blocking his ass off getting to the second level. You hit him for a 10-yard gain and he creates after the catch. It's just not fair. And you got Kyle Shanahan drawing it all up. This is a pick. We're betting on San Francisco, which it, if I'm betting on San Francisco, it means something because I hate San Francisco. I was about to say, we do not like this team and you hate the city and everything about it. I really do. It's a human litter box for humans. Uh, is that what human litter box means? Well, it is not a human that acts as a litter box. It is a litter box for humans. Okay. I see what you're saying. And also, it's not that pretty. It's kind of cold there, too. Um, take, take that, Californians. Yeah, fuck all of you. Heard it's a city full of sixes. Don't tell my girlfriend from San Francisco. Uh, anyhow, I also don't like Jimmy G, though I have gotten pretty fucking sloshed with his godfather a few times as a high schooler. Uh, it's just we get to fade the Broncos at almost no cost. Yeah, no, you're right. We, we get real good value on them. The 49ers obviously have injuries in the running back room. So I don't really think it matters. Kittle's back. It's humongous for them. I think they're a better they're gonna team. Just, they're going to throw Debo back there, man. Yeah, they're they're a better team that's better. It's coached way better. And and you're not going to be able to run the ball against Dre Greenlaw, uh, Aziz Al-Shair, and Fred Warner. You're not going to be able to fucking get any push against Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, and jo- or Nick Bosa. Like, the Broncos are fucked. They're going to have to do the thing they don't like to do, which is throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Judy's all banged up. Russ is not good. Russ is terrible. 
Judy's banged up, and then I guess Hamler is hurt again. He might just always be hurt. I think, sad. I think Hamler just exists in a perpetual state of agony, which sucks because I love that guy coming out. Yeah, you were very high on him. Um, I, I agree with you. I think we bet on 49ers. Try and do it now before it moves. Yeah. Uh, and then we can go ahead and move on to Monday night. Sure, if we must. And a riveting Monday night game. We have the Dakless Dallas Cowboys going to play the New York Giants. The Giants are minus one. Do you want me to summarize this game without talking about this game whatsoever? Yeah, honestly, I don't think I need to add to it at all. So you go for it. Yeah, fucking Monday, baby. Make Monday a good day, baby. Yeah. All of the enthusiasm, passion, and skill that went into the making of that video is going to be on display Monday night, by which I mean none of the above. This game sucks. Why do we keep getting, why do we get, they force us to watch the shitty NFC East and people just do it. Why? I I don't know. I really don't. Okay. Let's try to break the size of the cities. Dallas is one of the biggest uh, metro areas. New York, Philly's a big area. Philly's a big area. Philly's got millions, man. Minneapolis has got millions. Are, are you going to go make me look up how big the Philly metro area is? Yes. No, no, actually, I don't care at all. Because That's, Philly well, also pulls... Too bad, I already typed it in. Philly also pulls all of New Jersey, which is kind of significant. Six most populous metro area. Yeah, six. That's bullshit. <laughs> there are 32 teams. Um, I live in Chicago, or I live in New York. I'm from Chicago, and I just moved here from L.A. If you're not top four, fuck you. Um, not even real cities. The village of Philadelphia versus the speck of dust that is fucking East Rutherford, New Jersey. Um, okay, let's try to break this game down. Remember uh, last year, week two or week three? When I went to that Chargers game and due to injuries, the Cowboys were talking about maybe kicking Parsons down to defensive end sometimes. And I said, dude, he's going to be great. Yes, and you were he like, did. he's so small. He's, he's the I best. I think he'd be able to hold up in the run game. Well, first of all, fuck the run game. And second of all, he's the best edge in the NFL. And it's not that close. Yeah, he really might be. He, he is what people thought Miles Garrett was. He Micah Parsons on every snap is Miles Garrett on one of his three plays. Famously, we call Miles Garrett Miles three play Garrett because the, he has three awesome, fucking, unbelievable plays every game, and then oftentimes he will disappear for a lot of the rest of the game. Yeah, which is yeah. still really useful because it's three fucking plays. But yeah, no, he like ends drives single handedly three times, three times a game. But other than that, all right. The Giants are not good um, as far as roster talent goes. Daniel Jones is really bad, but I like their receivers and I really like their coaching. There's a reason that Daniel Jones has like elite completion percentage, despite sucking a whole bag of dicks and terrible grades, according to like EPA and PFF. Yeah, which if you complete a lot of passes and you still have a bad PFF grade, something's afoot. You're really <laughs> you're doing bad. Yeah. Also, remember our, our boy Andrew Thomas had a really rough start coming to the NFL? He did the thing that we thought he'd do. He's elite. I love it. I'm so proud of him. Yeah, the problem is that everybody else is not on that line. They, they suck. Even so, uh, early pick, Evan Neal? Evan Neal. Uh, yeah, it's not Iki Aquanu level, but it ain't great. Oh, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, noteworthy that despite the entire offensive line sucking, Carolina didn't really get after Daniel Jones last week. 
got him a few times, but it wasn't like siege. Um, Dallas's defense is weird because they've got good linebackers and pretty good safety play. Their corners are adequate, but not good. And then their front four kind of just sucks, except Micah Parsons, who's so fucking good that it it's kind of good. Like their entire defensive line is kind of good just because Micah Parsons is so dominant. He really does make up for a lot. He's got more pass rush wins than like six teams in the NFL do. And he doesn't play edge full time just yet. Which is kind of absurd now. Like once well, you have this much evidence that he is obviously elite, just put him at edge full time. I, I they did starting halfway through the Bengals game, they said like fuck it, dude, he's just an edge, and I'm glad they did because he is and he's the best. Um, here's the thing about Cooper Rush: if you look at his box score and you look at the results of the Cincinnati game, it looks like maybe Cooper Rush could be about Dak because Dak's not good, right? Like Dak is a low bar. So if this guy can just dack it, he could just do super average and hit the open shit. The Cowboys could be solid. The Cowboys could win this game. But what people don't know is that Cooper Rush threw three pickables against Cincinnati and none of them got caught. And if one or two of them get caught, the Cowboys do not win that game. Yeah, he's not any good either. And there's a reason yeah. he is a very staunch backup. I don't know. I, I want nothing to do with this game. I don't either. I don't know why we would bet it. I don't think we should. I think this is this is a game that gonna gonna be half watching. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm gonna tell myself I'll tell myself I won't watch, but I will watch because I just do. I do. I watch football. We'll we'll probably watch it while we're doing the recap. That sounds about right. All right. Okay. Well, I think that wraps us up on this game since we're not going to bet it. Yeah. Fuck that. I don't. I I don't even have really a lean on it. I don't care to. I lean Cowboys, but mm, yeah. That yeah. I guess that feels right because I just can't imagine either that the Giants go three and zero. I borderline maybe the Cowboys. All I got to do is win. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know how, how plausible that is. Cooper Rush back there. All right. I I think we should now go and uh, we'll recap. What do we what do we have? I know we have a bunch of maybes. Do we even need any of them at this point? We have Baltimore is our best bet. That's happening, right? Yes. We have Oakland minus two. Is it over Tennessee? They are minus two. I feel okay about that. I like it. We have Atlanta money line. You like that? Yeah, fuck it, man. I think Seahawks are bad. We'll, exactly. we'll ride with her. We'll ride with her boy in Mariota. Good, because we were we were betting on Atlanta regardless of what you said. So I'm glad that you like it. <laughs> this is how the social contract works. <laughs> how do you feel about LA minus three over Arizona? If we get it at minus three, I'm down. How do you feel about LA minus four? I don't like that. I feel like it's a little bit silly almost at this point because. Is it really going to be over one point? I don't think this game's actually going to come down to one point, but it feels a hell of a lot safer at three. I feel like this is the Rams coming out party. I feel like this is where they pour it the fuck on. All right. We'll do it. We're going to really try and get it at three, though. And next up, we have the Green Bay Packers going to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs are minus one and a half. This is tricky because if these teams were healthy – these teams were healthy i would back the bucks like crazy but they have no wide receivers yeah i mean mike evans suspended is godwin playing i don't think so and if he does he's gonna be really banged up i was gonna say i assume not so then what it's julio who also plays if he plays 
Yeah, and Brashard Perriman. I like I him, know, but man. not as wide receiver one. It's still going to be serviceable no matter what because Gage is pretty good and Perriman's decent. And then, you know, Scotty Miller in the slot, if he could just fucking catch a ball, which is odd because hands are not his problem. Like, he has solid hands. He just didn't this past week. I, dude, the fun thing is that the Bucks offensive line has actually been good, too. I know. And I think there really is something to your theory that as long as they're not awful, Tom Brady will make them into good offensive linemen. 100%. I mean, we see it with uh, Kappa went to Cincinnati. Now he sucks dick. He's actually a, he's a male prostitute down in the banks. <laughs> he's he's going to some uh, local Cincinnati slums, making well, cash. He can't, he can't block defensive tackles. He's got to do something for money. Uh, or Joe Burrow makes offensive linemen bad. Yeah, no, that's actually it's it. First of all, he does. Second of all, playing football on easy mode with Tom Brady as your quarterback and then going to fucking expert mode with Joe Burrow immediately thereafter is some kind of torture. But anyhow, anyhow, this game purely comes down to health. I will take the Bucks. I, I basically have a rule. If the Buccaneers are laying anything less than three or catching any amount of points, 99% of the time I'm a bet on because they're the best team in the league and they have the best quarterback until further notice. But when they're this beat up at wide receiver, the cluster injuries are insane. I'm scared. Yeah, I, I don't want to bet on them this week because you have a good Green Bay defense and now Tom has at best his third receiver who's also hurt is his number one. Fournette's a little banged up. Like they just don't have the guys this week. Sorry, I'm I'm fucking confused. I just noticed that Aaron Rodgers is QB five per PFF, and now I know that they don't actually watch football games because he's been terrible this year. <laughs> no, I mean you just don't get it. What uh what you're watching on tape is not the same thing that PFF is watching. Of course. When you when you watch the all 22, you can see that the balls are hitting the receivers in the hands and the defensive linemen aren't actually hitting Aaron Rodgers at all. Uh, but but when you watch on the broadcast angle on Monday night or Sunday night football, uh, it, it looks like Aaron Rodgers is not being accurate and is eating unnecessary sacks. Yeah, it's one of those illusions like the depth perception thing. When you're in all mm. 22, they actually are perfect throws. So you go to broadcast and they're 10 feet over the guy's head. It's the parallax angle. That's that the parallax effect. That's what it is. Um, sure. I guess I'll have to go check the all 22. I, I must be completely mistaken. Or PFF is fucking worthless. It's the second one. Um, see, the reason that this handicap is tough is because I'm entirely certain entirely certain that the Buccaneers will shut the Packers down on defense. Yeah. I just worry that this is going to be like a 17 to 14 game. Yeah. If, if like Brady doesn't have any wide receivers, it will be field goal. Yeah, exactly. But you know, the bears fucking moved the ball against the Packers last week in the run game. Like uh, it can be done. Yeah. And the bears knew they were running. Packers knew they were running. Yeah. Packers knew. They were running. Yeah, man. I, I, I want to bet the bucks. It's definitely a maybe pile, but there's just so much uncertainty with the wide receiver injuries. Yeah, I think it goes maybe pile just because the Bucks might not have their top three playmakers. Gage and Perriman is like a C-plus wide receiving core, if that's who they actually have to roll out. Yeah, but you have Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes covering them. Yeah, but they're going to do that zone shit. Oh, but the Bucks don't use motion, so it won't matter. Okay, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, we're going to have to pass this, I think. 
I think we pass it. We can put it on maybe pile. Yeah, but I don't know how it's coming off the maybe pile without a material change in information. Yeah, I agree with you. 